Today I'm going to continue our Old Testament character series. I'm walking chronologically and canonically through the Bible, looking at major players uh, in what God was doing in the Bible and in human history. Today we're going to look at Joshua. I'm going to read three verses of Scripture, and these three verses are the last chapter of the book of Joshua. And then I'll go back and fill in his life for you throughout the message. But Joshua 24, 14, So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served before or beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. Today I want to preach from this declaration, we will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. Would you put your Bibles down if you have those in your hands and before you're seated, would you just lift your voices right now, your hearts to the Lord and ask Him to speak to us. Jesus, we love you today. God, we thank you for your presence that we feel and that has been at work in this room already. God, we thank you for your word, and I pray that it would take root in our hearts and lives today, that it would minister to us, that we would be transformed by your power, transformed by your spirit, transformed by your word, that we would receive a revelation and understanding of who you are and what you want us to be and what you want us to do. And God, I pray that we would consecrate ourselves fully and completely to you. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We are inundated with choices. And it seems that the longer I live, and maybe it's technology, maybe it's my age, maybe it's responsibility, it could be a variety of things, but the longer I live, the more choices that I have to make, the more often that I have to choose things, just the more options there are in the world. When I was a child, we didn't really, we didn't have a TV, but if you're older, my age or older, you would remember the days when there were like three TV stations. NBC, ABC, CBS, that was about it. That's all you could get. All of the big sporting events, they were going to be on one of those three. It wasn't pay-per-view, there wasn't any of that, it was all one of those three. Now, you have hundreds of channels that you can choose from. And most of the time, if you go channel surfing, you will see that there's really nothing you want to watch. There's a whole lot out there, but nothing that you really want to watch. And in addition to all of these hundreds of cable channels, You have all kinds of streaming networks, and it's just the list is endless of things that you can do. 
choices that you make. Am I going to watch this, but there's something else at the same time, or 78 things at the same time that you don't want to watch, or maybe you do want to watch. Or When it comes to radio, there were very few radio stations back in the day in any given area. Now there are thousands, and if that's not enough, if you don't have enough radio stations in your area, you can get XM radio, and you can listen to stations from all around the world, around the country, or whatever. You All kinds of options. I carry a smartphone. I was a late adopter. I was too poor to get a smartphone. In fact, we didn't have any kind of cell phone at all. They were out. People had them. Students that I was teaching had cell phones. We didn't have one until we broke down on the way from St. Louis to Kansas City, and we decided, you know what, I should probably get a cell phone. It was a flip phone, and then we had the bar, the candy bar phones, and then, and then I had a little bit more money, and I loved technology, and I had me a Windows smartphone back in the day, and it had a little stylus and a slide-out keyboard. Man, I was styling and profiling. And then... 2007, you know, when iPhone came along and it changed the world. In fact, I think Steve Jobs, which I was going to reference here in just a minute, his goal was to basically convince people that they needed something they didn't already have. And so he created the iPhone saying, you really need this, you just don't know it yet. And now if you go into the app store on your smartphone, whether you use Android, and I love Android, by the way, I'm not, I used to... I used to diss on Apple all the time, but then I backslid and became an Apple person. But there are thousands of apps. You can spend all day just looking at apps that you don't need on your phone. Choices. You, how do you want to get your mail on your phone? Do you want to use the stock client? Do you want to use Outlook? Do you want to use whatever? You can spend all day, every day, just changing it out and trying new things because there are so many choices. People get inundated with choices, and so people like Barack Obama or Steve Jobs, which I mentioned a moment ago, they, they made the decision along with many other influential people that they wanted to minimize some of the decisions in their life, so they decided that they're going to wear the same basic outfit every day. What color jeans am I wearing or am I wearing jeans? Oh, forget it. We're wearing the same black every day. Steve Jobs, everything, black, only black. It's not the same outfit. He probably had 47 of the same identical outfit in his closet, but he didn't have to make a decision. It's just the next one that's clean. Barack Obama did something similar. He'd change his tie occasionally, but he's basically wearing most of the same suits all over and over, the same colors. He doesn't want to have to make choices because the more choices you make, it just gets... Overload, you get choice overload. You and I, in a spiritual sense, in addition to all of these natural choices that we make, we have to make spiritual choices every day. And we have to make a lot of spiritual choices every day. One of them would be, do I pray today? Do I spend time talking with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Do I spend time talking to God today or do I go about my business and get to it tomorrow or next week or whenever? Do I read the Bible today? 
Do I put it off to tomorrow? And if I'm reading my Bible plan and I've got one chapter or three or four and I do four a day with these two different plans I'm reading, I can do four today or I can put it off and I can do eight tomorrow when I have more time. Do I make the choice to read the Bible when we have fasting week, do I fast or do I just do it on my own? Do I skip a meal today or what do I do? How do I do it? Do I, do I live holy today? Do I live in a way today that's pleasing to God or do I do what I want to do and what my flesh wants to do? Do I watch things I shouldn't watch? Do I listen to things I shouldn't listen to or do I spend time focusing on God and in His Word and, and doing those things that He wants me to do? Do I attend worship? You made the right choice today to come to the house of God, to enter into the presence of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But you had to make a choice today. For most of you, including the kids, your parents didn't make you come. You had to make a decision. Unlike what many used to be like, people, I know a lot of people said they were drugged when they were kids. They were drugged to church on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night. They didn't have a choice, but most kids today, they decide if they're going or not, and sometimes the parents decide if they're going or not based on what the kids want. It's a different day, a different hour, but you chose today to be in the house of God, and you made the right choice. But all of these little choices come from a bigger choice. That you don't make the choice today to come to church or the choice to pray on a daily basis or the choice to read your Bible unless you have made the big spiritual choice. And that is this, will I serve God? And for many of you and hopefully most of you, if not all of you, the answer is I will serve the Lord. I have made the decision to follow Jesus Christ today. It's the big choice. Once you make that, it's not that all the choices go away, but once you make that decision, everything else, it becomes not a choice. It's not a choice on if I pray, I've already decided I'm following Jesus. That means I pray today. I've already decided that I'm following Jesus, so I read the Bible today. I've already decided to follow Jesus, so I show up for church today. The little ones roll up really into this big one on whether or not we have made the choice to serve God. The text I read, it is the last of the book of Joshua, the last chapter. Joshua was a disciple in essence of Moses. He was trained by Moses, Moses, his mentor, Moses, the one who was setting him up to be in command when he departed off the scene. It is that Joshua, as a young man, that was chosen by Moses to be one of the spies to go into the land of Canaan to spy out the land. If you know that story, 12 spies go in, one from each tribe, and 10 of those say, we can't do this, they're too big for us, they're too mighty for us. But Joshua and his friend Caleb said, hey, we can do this. God delivered us out of Egypt. He took us through the Red Sea. He can take us to the promised land. It is his land that he has given us. We can do it. It's that Joshua who made the decision to believe God and trust God. He, along with all of the other children of Israel, wanders in the wilderness for 40 years because the ten spies said we can't do it. And the people hearkened 
or listen to the ten. When it's time for Israel, after 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, it's time for them to enter into the promised land. Moses is not allowed to go. He goes up on the Mount Nebo and there he dies and Joshua takes the people into the promised land across the Jordan River. But it's not just into the land. It's not a matter of just being there. They have to conquer the land. The battle of Jericho, and many of you are new to this Christian thing. The battle of Jericho and Ai and various things as the children of Israel march through the land of Canaan. Conquering and taking the territory that God had promised them with God's help. It is Joshua that led this conquest. And so they battle for years as they purge the land of idolatry and purge the land of paganism. And as Joshua is getting down to the end of his life, he gathers the people together. And he says, You got to make a choice, you got to make a decision. I'm getting ready to pass off the scene. I'm not going to be here to be this intermediary and to lead you and tell you what God wants, but you have to make a decision. Are you going to serve the gods of the nations where you came from? Are you going to serve the gods of the land we live in, the land that our God has taken from them, are you going to serve that God of the Amorites or are you going to serve the one true God? He says to them, choose you this day whom you will serve. And He makes this declaration and if this was Father's Day, I would camp out here longer, but it's not, it's next week. But He said, as for me and my house, We will serve the Lord. He says, I don't know what decision you're going to make. I don't know what choice you're going to make. But as for me and my house, we are going to serve God. We are going to serve Yahweh, the God who has brought us to this land, the God who has promised us this land. We are going to serve Him. I would tell you, it is the best choice you can make and everything else pales in comparison. It doesn't really matter what job you have. It doesn't matter what kind of education you have. But it does matter what God you have. It does matter what God you choose. And I'm asking you today and admonishing and exhorting you today to make the choice to follow and to serve Jesus Christ. But you may ask the question, why should we serve the Lord? You're here today so you... You probably already know the answer to that. But maybe you're here today just because somebody asked you to come. Or maybe you come because your family comes. So why should we serve the Lord? Joshua lists out some reasons why they should serve the Lord. In the verses before the text that I read to you, he walks through what God has done. And he tells them, in essence, serve the Lord because of what he has done. He talks about Abraham, that God called Abraham out of the land of Ur. And he says, go to a land I will show you. And Abraham steps out by faith and he goes. And 
He says Isaac comes on the scene, the promised child of Abraham, and Isaac then has Jacob and Esau, and the generation and the lineage continues, and they end up in Egypt, and he says that Moses and Aaron delivered you out of the land of Egypt. And he says while we were in the land of Canaan and we're trying to conquer the land, he tells the story of Balaam, a prophet of God who tried to prophesy falsely to them for money. And If you want to see a really interesting, cool story, just look up Balaam and his donkey. I don't have time to tell you that story. But he says because of all of this, that's the reason you should serve God because of what He's done. The people, the two verses after the text that I read, they echo that and they said, because of what he's done, we're going to serve him. But you and I, we need our own why. God didn't bring us out of Egypt. God didn't bring us into a physical land of plenty flowing with milk and honey. But for you and I, our why is a little different. Our why is this, is that we were lost and on our way to hell. That we were sinners in need of a Savior, and we were on our way to hell. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That that the God of the universe comes in the form of a man. In theological terms, it's called the incarnation. God comes as a human. He doesn't cease to be God. That's the great mystery is how He can be God and man at the same time. But it is the reality of Scripture and is the reality of the incarnation. For 30 plus years, Jesus walks on this earth and He lives a perfect sinless life. For most of us, we can't walk out of this room without sinning. Jesus, God revealed in flesh, 30 plus years, He lives a sinless life. Which because He was God and because He was sinless made Him the only sacrifice that could atone for sin. And He goes to the cross, not because they take His life, but He said, I give my life, I lay it down. And He goes to the cross He dies the death that you and I should die. He's buried and He raises again on the third day and He offers to you and I the free offer of salvation. You don't have to earn it. In fact, you can't earn it. You can't live good enough to deserve salvation. You can't live holy enough or righteous enough Righteous enough to ever deserve salvation. As Paul would say in one of my favorite, if not my favorite verses, Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. He gives us the offer of a free gift of salvation. And that salvation is not just so we can say I'm saved, but we have a an eternity that we will live with Jesus Christ forever. That we will spend forever in heaven with Jesus Christ if we accept His free offer of salvation. 
Why should you serve the Lord today? Because there is a heaven and there is a hell. And there is only one way to get there, and that is through Jesus Christ. I'm going to fast forward through this. That was my first point. But my time is nearly up. But our why, why would I pray on a daily basis? Why would I read my Bible? Why would I take the time to do that? Why would I get up on a Sunday morning when I could sleep in? Why would I get dressed and come sit in a room with some guy talking? Why would I do that? Because heaven is real. And because hell is real. And there's only one way to get to heaven. Jesus Christ would say, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There is no other way. He's the door of the sheepfold. How do you make it to heaven? You make the decision that you're going to serve Jesus Christ. You're going to serve Him and Him alone. That's how you get to heaven. But from that choice, it's more than just acknowledging mentally that, okay, He's the only way to heaven. I believe that. And if I believe that, got to take some action. It won't get me there just because I believe that. Just because I believe He died for my sins, that doesn't make His blood cover my sins. Just because I say that He's the only way doesn't actually get me there. Jesus said, you must be born again. And when Nicodemus, the Pharisee that should know all of this when he didn't understand it, He didn't know what that meant. Jesus said, you must be born of water and the Spirit in order to see the kingdom of God. If you want to get to heaven, it's through making the choice to follow Jesus in His death, burial, and resurrection through repentance, through baptism in the name of Jesus in a baptistry of water just like that one. And allowing the King of kings and the Lord of lords to come and fill your heart and your life with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And you'll know He comes in. Not because I tell you. Not because it's just some automatic thing. But you'll speak in a language you've never spoken. You'll speak in a language you do not know. You'll know that the King of kings has moved in. The Holy Spirit now lives within you. Would you stand together with me? Jesus, we we stand here today, Lord, in need of you. 
God, we stand here today acknowledging that there is no other way to get to heaven apart from you. Lord, we stand here today acknowledging that we need you in our lives if we're going to see heaven. That we need you in our lives today if we're going to spend an eternity with you. Father, I pray today that the power of your spirit that I feel, that it would not be confined to this platform, but it would saturate and fill this entire room. Lord, I believe that it is because you are the God who loves people. You are the God. It's not your will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Lord, you want everybody in this room to be saved. You want everybody in this room to spend an eternity with you. Lord, I pray today that they would make the choice. Lord, if they haven't made the total decision to follow you, that today would be that day. That today would be the day that they declare that they're going to serve you. They're going to live for you. They're going to do everything you want them to do because they want to be saved and they want to spend eternity with you. Father, I pray today that your spirit would reach down and touch every heart and every life today. Lord, for those who've already made that commitment, let them, Lord, re-up that commitment and do it again and say, today, once again, I declare my faith and I declare my love and I declare today, Lord, that I will serve you. God, we give you praise for who you are.